Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Guys, we are back in the building, rocking and rolling, episode 151. And we are going to be talking today about complicated grief because of complicated relationships. What do I mean about that? So, as we know, when someone in our life passes away, someone in our family passes away, that comes with a plethora of situations. And so, unfortunately, and, and I guess, yeah, so unfortunately, we deal with these losses, but it's it's never just isolated. So, it's not just a person died, and that's kind of all you have to deal with and balance and navigate. You have to, again, at that point, look at the constructs of your relationships that you have and then how you're going to move according to that. And all of this just comes up when you're really thinking about it and you see how these complicated relationships, strained relationships, estranged relationships can make coping and dealing with loss so much more challenging than it would be if there was more harmony. Now, talking from a realistic standpoint, is it possible to always be in good standing with people? And I'm not even talking about complicated relationship with the individual who passed away. I'm just talking about the surrounding cast, the family, the friends, because you hear a lot of times with families that the only time we see each other a lot of time is at funerals. And depending on how that relationship is with your family, it can make things more complicated. Maybe it makes it a little bit more challenging for you to show support. Maybe it puts you in limbo if you even want to show support. Then you start to rethink like, okay, here was this argument I had with this person, this discord that I had with this person. I might see them at the funeral. Do I really want to go? We've talked in the past about the complications it comes to getting families on the same page on one accord when it's talking about the decision making, how the person's funeral is going to be. Is there going to be a funeral? Who's going to pay for what? Who's going to do for what? It's so many different layers that happen. Then it's where is someone going to be placed in this line? Where is someone's name going to be in the obituary? Who's going to be here? Who's going to be there? And I was really thinking about it because it made me feel a little disheartened. That this is for for all families when we deal with these losses, it's just like the the pile just keeps getting put on our backs and on our heads and on our hearts that just makes it more complicated to navigate and to dig out and to press through those losses and those situations. So, okay, yeah, great, Jay Nicole, you're bringing this point to us. Why does it really matter? Well, I think what I'm taking from this reflection is. Are there areas that we can, to some extent, work a little harder, a little more open and operate in the mindset about the shortness of our time? So what I would like to see sometimes is when we have people pass away that maybe it will open our eyes to reflect and say, hey, I don't really necessarily have the chance to make this relationship closer or to change that relationship with the deceased 
But how are my living relationships? What can we do to foster that? And for me, it's trying to find more reasons to forgive, if not for just having the opportunity to have better relationships with the people that are in our life. One thing that has helped me with that, and I and I found this to be helpful, is to realize that in our interactions with family and friends, that although these people have certain titles, like maybe it's a parent or a sibling that you have a disagreement with or whatever is going on, everyone is an individual before they are who they are to you. So before I'm a daughter, before I'm a spouse, before I'm any of these things, I'm myself. So we all have a story. And with everyone's story comes some sort of, and please forgive me when I say this, baggage. Even the most healthy of us, even the people who have put so much intentional work on their healing and their growth come with a certain level of something. So I'm trying to break this down the best way I can. A lot of times we can't really control other people and how our relationships with them are or aren't. But what we can control is ourselves and our perspectives on people and our expectation for them and who they should be in our lives. So, for example, if you have discord with a mother in your life or a father in your life, you could maybe, maybe. And again, I'm not it, it can never be a one size fits all because everyone's situation has different layers that make things more challenging. But maybe if we looked at it and say, OK, so my mom, her name is Shirley. I would say, well, Shirley was Shirley before she was my mom. That's just a way that has allowed me and not just in circumstances in relationship with her, but in general to say everyone has a story. My back was not against their wall. Whatever it is that they're going through, if I can just say, hey, you know what? They're doing their best because why wouldn't someone want to do better? Is that 100% accurate? No, I think some people could absolutely do better. But I have to change my perspectives, if that makes sense, and challenge me on how I'm looking at how I'm thinking and feeling about people so that maybe more harmony is possible. Taking this mentality has helped me minimize grudges and resentment that I have with people. It has allowed my relationships to be more authentic because they're not surfaced and they're not based on false narratives or on the rea- on the fact that, hey, this relationship that I have with this person is so great. That's my brother. That's my sister. That's my mom. That's my dad. That's my cousin. Whoever it is, just because people have those titles does not mean that those people are good people. That's facts. But... If I can say, okay, this isn't good about them. This is good. How can I navigate this relationship? How can I perhaps make it better, make it a more peaceful space for us to be in and to be able to have as much time together so that when we are brought together for these unfortunate situations, we can bind together more, come together on one accord versus continuing to be at odds with one another. I'm hoping this is making sense. I think really what the PS of of what I'm trying to tie together here is that essentially grief will meet us where we are. So if we have a lot of turmoil and discord in our family units before people pass away, 
when they do pass away, we're just adding to that trauma, that drama, and all of that stuff. So what can we actively do to clear, to start to make space for more peace and harmony amongst the people that we have in our lives? It's not always easy. And there are some people who are going to just make it absolutely more complicated. But at least we can say, hey, listen, I tried to get along with so-and-so. They're just too stubborn or they just have this going on. So I've got to move accordingly. And then that's when we set healthy boundaries. And I'm glad we're kind of getting into that too. I think when it comes to boundaries, I think it's hard to have our voice to set those boundaries in some circumstances because people just don't want to recognize their shortcomings. They don't want to see themselves as guilty, a guilty party in a situation. So if I have an issue with you and I bring it to you, the boundary may not necessarily be able to be received because you don't even see why I'm even having this conversation with you. And in some of those circumstances, that's just a lost cause. There is not going to be much that we're going to be able to do to navigate that. But you can rest at night knowing that you tried and knowing that that was really important. I think as we also pivot from this and we talk about grief meeting us where we are and trying to have these healthy relationships, we have to start to really see people for essentially kind of like who they are in your life. And that helps eliminate some of the expectation I've realized that there are some people who just are users. There are people who really are like that. And it's disheartening because sometimes you can feel like you're a genuine person and you would do anything for anybody. And that's a great asset. You want to just boast about it. I'm a great. I got a big heart. I'm a cheerful giver. I do all these things. But other people see that, too. And there are some people who will absolutely focus and zero in on that and try to get as much from you as they possibly can. So by all means, I am not saying that creating and fostering healthy relationships is easy by any stretch of the imagination. But I do think that the benefit that it can play in our lives to have had as many healthy interactions as we can is that when we do have to deal with the loss of people And it's one of the most important times where families can come together and support one another. We can have less drama and that burden can be a little bit more light. That's the main focus of what I was trying to say here and to to get through in this subject, in this conversation today, is that what can we do? It's kind of like a, I don't want to say an insurance, but we do put insurance on things, whether that's a car, whether that's life. Because in the event that things go wrong, then we are prepared for some sort of coverage. So if I can just love on these people a little bit more, if I can just communicate my emotions and my feelings a little bit more, maybe just maybe our relationships will be stronger and more genuine. So then when that time comes where we need to file that claim and cash in on a love and support because we're dealing with grief and loss from a family member, it's there. It's there. Versus the opposite where we have more scenarios that when those losses are happening, we're feeling like, man, I wish I was 
closer to that person. I wish we would have rectified it because now it's going to be awkward. I'm not going because I don't like them. They don't like me. They don't want me to come. We're not speaking. So now I can't even call this person to tell them that this person died. I can't. I don't even know. It's awkward to console them. I don't know how to navigate. So if we can do now what we can do to give us some ins- some insurance to assure that those scenarios aren't as challenging and complicated because it gets ugly. It gets ugly. And and worse than it getting ugly, it gets hurtful. It gets hurtful when you're dealing with loss and you're mourning and you're so sad, but you feel like you can't even reach out to the people that you feel like should be there for you. Or the flip side, you see people that are hurting and really going through a tough time, but because you guys are at odds or you haven't spoken in years, you don't even know how to navigate that or what to say to them. Let's try to say, hey, is this a situation in my life that I cannot clear up? Is this a situation in my life where forgiveness, it doesn't matter how many Levels of forgiveness you put out there. I am absolutely not going to ever speak to that person again. If those are the circumstances and you reevaluate and you do an internal check and that's what the temperature is saying, then so be it. But if you do that reflection and you see where there is room, where there is an opportunity for you to make this relationship a little bit better, for you to break the silence and start speaking to someone again, if it's just not that deep then let's do something about it while we can. Right now, everything that we're going through in the world is so challenging. Seeing everyone's feelings and emotions on social media, reading articles, hearing all of these things, going to work, there's drama there, being a parent, there's problems there, going to school, there's issues there. So let the things that we cannot control be where they are. And let's lean more into what we can control. And I want to see us controlling the narrative of having healthier family relationships and ties. Because I'm telling you right now, I was having a conversation with one of my best friend's daughters. And we're just talking about how her and her little sister kind of go tit for tat. And there's just like some little stuff that they have that they go through that, that, that siblings go through. And we were telling her as adults that there's going to come a time in your life. Where the relationship with your sister is going to mean more to you than almost any relationship. Where you guys will have the opportunity to be the best of friends. Where you'll look back hopefully on these times and be like, we used to go at it, but that's my best friend. Those are the kinds of things that I will hope that we can lean more into and realize that family, we need each other. And listen. Family, when I say that, I don't mean biological or DNA or by blood. Your friends are your family. Your family that's your family that may not be the same DNA as you, that's your family. Whatever your unit looks like, whatever that is for you, let's keep focusing on that. Let's put that back as a priority. And this mentality that a lot of us have developed is I don't need nobody. I don't need them. I got this. I could do this. But but how much more beautiful would it be if you had people around you that was cheering you on, that would take your calls, that could speak into you, that can encourage you, that can empower you? Oh, my goodness. How much more beautiful would that be? You would be killing it even more, even more. So if it's possible for us to start to put those walls down and just interact a little bit more with each other in a more intentional way to have this with each other. Oh, man. 
Oh, man, I feel like when we're mourning and we're grieving to be able to do that together with people that we trust, that we love, that we know has our back. Man. And listen, if you're listening to this and you find yourself in a situation that is just like a lost cause, a lost hope. There are some people out there that I, I believe and you may disagree that there is a community of people out there for everybody. Find your people. Find your unit. We need togetherness. We need unity. That is how we're going to continue to thrive and to get through everything that this world and life passes our way, pushes our way. We're going to keep hurdling, keep jumping, keep running this marathon, but we are going to do it so much better together. So any families out there that's, that's grieving right now, anyone that's really just dealing with some recent loss, I definitely want to send you a lot of love, a lot of continued prayers, a lot of support. It's not easy. Some days it may truly feel impossible, but if I can encourage you to just keep swimming, keep going, it's absolutely worth it. And look to your right, look to your left, and see who's there that you can lock arms with and keep pushing on this journey. Guys, it's been another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you're watching on YouTube, drop me a comment. Let me know your thoughts. If you're listening to the audio, I'd love to hear a review and your feedback with that. Feel free to hit me up, DM me, send me a message, comment on something on Instagram. I'm there to connect with you. Make sure you're following me there over on Instagram at I underscore AM underscore Jane Nicole. Guys, so next time you already know, love and light. Peace.